The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Happy Tuesday, everybody. You're watching Splash Pages, powered by the Dorkening Podcast Network. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. And uh, we're going to be getting spooky about comics tonight. And uh, we got, you know, it's it's the spooky season, it's Halloween, it's, a, you know, pumpkin season as well. Uh, but I want to introduce you to my comic compadres, Velvet Joker. How's it going, my friend? It's going great. And I'm um, excited to do some haunted Halloween type Gotham stuff tonight. And I have to say a happy birthday tomorrow to my Harley, Sky Harlow, a.k.a. Heather. Mwah. Love you, baby. Oh, happy birthday, Harley. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Drew, my friend, how's it going? I just want to point out for everybody who's wondering, this was completely my idea. We were going to do something else that can wait. No offense, but it's true. <laughs> and also, happy birthday, Harley. 
And uh, I have to say, Drew, I, I got to get video of you like during the uh, the promo and everything that's running because I, I can see you singing to it. I can see you doing like all the uh, the. Uh... Oh, OK, I need to rephrase that. I have listened to it so much <laughs> all on ever since joining this that I feel like I if you gave me some wigs, I could probably do a really good. I mean, not exactly 100 percent accurate in some regards, but. And I just kept thinking that I was like, oh, my God, are they listening to me? I was like, can you hear me? And I'm like, I don't care. Like, the, it's just so funny. I'm listening to it and I know all of it. And the one that I, I got to be honest, I've met the man. I still cringe at the Lou Ferrigno one because it's just so ham. Like, give me two pieces of bread and some seasoning. I make a sandwich out of it because I was like, oh, my God, how much did you have to pay for this bullshit? <laughs> like uh, actually no it was it was uh yeah that was i didn't have to pay for that interview it was it was uh, no but right, i'm just technical difficulties technical difficulties all right but but it's just I, I i've just watched it so many times like i feel like i just forgot how it started and i was like oh yeah it's gunner hansen i was like hello there you dorks i'm gunner hansen uh the patient the texas chainsaw massacre and y'all are watching the dorkening you know it's just uh, yeah one of these days just for just don't tell me you're recording because then I'll, I'll i'll try to just don't tell me well I, I the way the system works i can't record you anyway i i just see like you know uh you're doing a dance to the music and stuff like that i, I see that but i don't hear anything I, so. I gotta really gotta forget that you can see me like i always forget that so i'm like at one point i'm like he's gonna turn the camera on and i'm gonna have a finger up my nose i know it and then yeah well I'm that's just gonna be I didn't know that. And there's times that I'm probably picking my nose or scratching. Um, whatever. So everybody. So hi, welcome to the dorkening. Where hey. We're three bored nerds who somehow decided that we might as well get some sort of notoriety for it. Award winning, by the way. And we're going to be discussing uh, Batman Haunted Night, which was one of the earliest collaborations of Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Who are those guys? You might remember them when we reviewed Batman, the long Halloween there's a guy responsible for that. Um, but before that, this is actually the precursor, which were three, yes, three, Halloween specials. 48-page, beautiful for-the-season specials. If you love Tim Sale's work, this is basically everything you'd want for the holiday. Um, so we're going to be reviewing the collection of it, which are three separate stories. We're going to go around the table. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. Next time, I'm so bringing a jack-o'-lantern. Nice. Um, but of course, as Leo would put it, uh, he's got to do his Sophia thing because we got to keep our tradition if we're going to get more awards. Oh, totally. And then talk some nerd thingies and then we'll jump yeah. into that. So, also, if you're watching, let us know, make comments, make fun of us. We don't care. I mean, we do care and we will heckle you if you try to, 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 to piss us off. I won't, but he will. Yeah. Or, or block you. I had to block a lot of people yesterday. Did you really? What happened? Yeah. Uh, we we had uh, Sir Jeremy London on the show. And uh, oh, there wow. were some people saying not so nice things about him. So uh, what what did, did you say anything? Did you do uh, anything? I, I instantly what did you do? Right? I, 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 I instantly first thing that came to my head, uh, I blocked and uh, deleted him. So. Okay, but but did you just having him on the show brought the rage? Like, 
Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There, there was. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes we we get trolls every now and then, but this year it was like you know a constant stream, and I think it was mostly like one person with multiple accounts because they'd start one stream of consciousness, then like do another one, you know, and and it was like they were continuing the same discussion. Like they'd start it, I'd block them. And then they'd say, and also, and then, you know, some other crap. And I block them. Totally different account. So, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. But it, it was a good movie. It was uh, Demigod, uh, a little indie flick um, from uh, Miles Doliak. Um, okay. Yeah. But it was uh, it was pretty good. He, he's uh, doing some indie movies now. So it's for uh, Jeremy is not particularly like uh, he doesn't have anything crazy going on in his world. No, 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 no. Uh, he was, uh, I didn't know this. He was uh, abducted uh, shortly after Mallrats. No way. What happened? Uh, apparently, he was uh, abducted and forced to take drugs. He was like kidnapped. Oh my God. Yeah, Google it. it it's definitely an interesting story. Uh, but great guy, you know, and uh, it, it was, uh, we were glad to have him. Please tell me you talked about Mallrats. Uh, saved it for the very end uh you know he talked about um the long shooting hours you know like uh sun up to sun up um and uh yeah he didn't go into specifics but you know he said it was definitely you know uh there was definitely some um uh camaraderie between uh, a bunch of the actors there were some mm -hmm. that like kind of like stayed in their trailer um, right yeah, you know, he had good memories from it. And uh, Twilight of the Mall Rats, he has no updates on. Okay. Did he, uh, please, like, I'm sorry. I wish I had known. I would have totally been on because that dazed and confused, out cold, which is a guilty pleasure, dumb movie, but I love it. Um, even he was in Grind, you know, all these movies. And I, like, just sit, I was like, you know, like when they do those actors going through the career, it's like, let's talk yeah. and just stretch the timeline. <laughs> um, well, I mean, awesome. yeah, it's uh, sorry. I should have uh, should have asked. No, you. it's OK. Listen, it's fine. He, he's, he's not going anywhere. He's not. Hopefully he's not. Hopefully he's not getting abducted again. No. Okay, <laughs> okay, cool. I'll, I'll um, keep you in the loop. On uh, future guests, if you want to join oh, us. Oh, yeah. Don't you remember how much fun we had with JJ Cohen? Jesus. Oh, yeah. Three hours. That I like how y'all were like, oh, yeah, 45 minutes. I was just like, hmm. three hours later. Yeah, I'm still that was bullshitting that... with him. It was fun, though. It was fun. Oh, that was, please. I, I, I told people that story, like, that is the coolest. I was like, I do dope shit. Like I'm sorry, I'm on that that Kanye level, early Kanye, not later. You know? We're uh, we're talking to D Wallace next week. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if we'll either see. of you want in, just let me know. Yeah, who's that? Uh, the mom from ET. Ah, uh, from Cujo. <gasps> yep. Mom from Cujo. Nice. That's awesome. I was like, I know that name, and then you said mom. I was like, oh man. Yeah, she 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 told a funny story with uh with the dogs with Cujo, um where it, it was like thirteen of them. There was like a dog for each you know type of uh, acting it needed to do, mm -hmm. and uh, you know because they're dogs and, and you know they're happy you know they they had to tape the tails down because they kept on wagging in scenes, so you can't have this mean dog just wagging his tail you know. 
Yeah, that, that defeats the purpose because it's like, yeah. me, oh, right. Oh, shiny ball. You know? <laughs> I just, I'm just imagining, like you said, 13 different dogs. I'm like, oh, no, we need the angry dog. Okay, we need the sad dog. We need the rotting dog. We need the less rotting. Like we have to re I was like, God, what a what a time, you know. But nice, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, totally. So, uh, inner Sophia channeling my inner Sophia. Uh, picture at Sicily, two thousand three, right? This came out in two thousand three. Uh, personally. I was working retail. Uh, you can find me being a mall rat in, at uh, Crystal Mall in Waterford, Connecticut, working at software, etc. I understood that reference. You did? Oh, no, keep uh, going. It's fine. Okay. You... <laughs> See the <laughs> Uh, also in 2003, the governator is activated. Arnold is elected governor of California. Oh uh, Florida defeated New York in the World Series. And Johnny Depp earned a surprise Oscar nomination for his Keith Richards-inspired swashbuckling pirate, Captain Jack Sparrow, in Pirates of the Caribbean. Gas cost a whopping $1.59. Movie tickets cost $6.03. And uh, speaking of movies, the top grossing movies of that year were Finding Nemo, Pirates of the Caribbean, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, The Matrix Reloaded, and Bruce Almighty, all averaging about $300 million a movie. Uh, comic book. What was that? It was a wonderful time. Keep going. The oh, yeah. Uh, comic book movies that year, uh, X2, X-Men United, Hulk, Daredevil, a lead, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Batman, Mystery of the Batwoman, Bulletproof Monk, and Comic Book the Movie. I never saw a Comic Book the Movie. It's, it's it was, fine. Yeah, it's a mockumentary with Mark Hamill, right? Yes. Yeah, I should watch that. Uh, the top-selling comics in 2003, it was the year of Hush. Uh, Batman 619, yeah. the first appearance of Hush, was the top-selling comic. Uh, JLA and Avengers crossover. Mm -hmm. Ultimate Fantastic Four number one and Batman 614, uh, Hush with Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. Um, television history. No, actually, no. Uh, if you're a kid in 2003, Saturday morning cartoons were still a thing. You're able to watch Hey Arnold, Kirby, right back at you, Jackie Chan Adventures, Pokemon Advanced, Yu Gi Oh! Enter the Shadow. And uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, along with Teen Titans. And that's all I have for 2003. It was a great time. I was in high school in 2003. Oh, 18 years ago. Thank you, Rich. Uh, we didn't want—I didn't want to say that, but thank you. <laughs> it was 18 short years ago. That's better. Oh, I was—I was, I was uh, a decade out of school. Uh, just remember, Leo, the snakes don't care how old you are. They'll still come. Oh, they will. They will. They will. <laughs> but, um, okay. So uh, you, would you like to do the synopsis? And I will uh, bring up the comic. In a moment, I just wanted to know if there was anything current in the nerd world that we need to discuss or give some sort of honorable mention about. Uh, personally, <laughs> despite being part of screen and sometimes I'm very not a part of it. Um, I was like, like, is there anything? I was like, I, I have nothing. I don't know, is there anything 
nerd worthy to, to mention? Uh, we're getting the finale of What If Tomorrow. I still have watched, yet to watch a single episode. And um, I was mentioning to Leo, I was just finishing Terrifying Tales on Disney Plus, which is like is a it? Lego Star Wars haunted type storyline. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Absolutely. We got a little monkey paw in there. Did you see? Did you guys see that they were doing a haunted mansion but with the Muppets? Yes. Really? That yes. Was fun. I, I will gladly see that over at the Eddie Murphy version any day of the week. Now, is this, are, are these going to be original Muppets or The Muppets? It's The Muppets, but I think we might see some Muppets that we haven't seen in a while. Uh-huh. You know. Almost we see Animal! It's, it's always so funny because I always remember that The Muppet Show used to have Halloween-ish um, uh, episodes, and I think one of them was Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. And that, I think Vincent Price demonstrating how he's just able to pull vampire fangs out of nowhere, and then Kermit does it and then bites him was the funniest thing. Even as a kid, I was like, I can't. That and when Alice Cooper was on, I was like, you you haven't lived till you've seen Alice Cooper perform Schools Out for Summer, and he's got um, the big giant monster. And all the other weird, demonically odd, uh, evil-looking Muppets just rocking out. I was like, this is... What a show. Yeah, indeed. And I'll, I'll always remember Mark Hamill and Miss Piggy. Yes. Oh, yeah. This classic stuff. I just rewatched yeah. that recently. You know, and, and it's, it's also funny, and I always love pointing it out to people, that the same thing with uh, Muppets Tonight, when they brought it back in the 90s, don't sleep on that because that's a good one too. They had a lot of great guest stars, um, but because that I think was Disney before Muppets were really Disney. Disney, it didn't get, you know, it's one of those like, oh, it's not the Muppet Show. I'm like, it's essentially the Muppet Show, like guest stars, great performances, um, like they had Garth Brooks, they had. They had Pierce Brosnan doing, he, at one point he was doing like fire breathing. I was like, what? But um, they even had Prince at one point. I was like, oh God, it, it, you haven't lived till you've seen Bobo the Bear as a security guard. He is just the funniest. Like hands down, him, him arguing with Prince over the meaning of his name is just the best. But I didn't know they had a uh, Muppets... Uh... In in the nineties, uh, yeah, because it was the Muppets Show, and then that ended, and then they had Muppets Tonight in the nineties, and then that was going on. I think that went on for like a season or two, and then in twenty fifteen, like in like the early like twenty, I don't know, like whatever, they then brought the Muppets, but they did that in the style of Thirty Rock. Uh, Chris wants to know, did anybody hear Machine Head uh, cover of Heroes by Bowie? No way. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I did not, and I will check that out. I love that song. Uh, we also got the teaser, or actually the first trailer for the new Game of Thrones. There's a... There's a there's, oh, my God, no. I, I didn't watch it. I don't care. I 
Game of Thrones is something I watched some of, I appreciated it, then I forgot, and then I didn't care, and then the fan base lost their damn mind, like most fan bases do, and then I just really didn't. But for good reason. Well, yes, you know, rightfully so, Um, because some of what I heard they did in last season, I was like, and they'd be like, how could these actors do it? I was like, they are getting paid. Oh, yeah. Okay. and you know, looking back at some of the uh, uh, the um, choices, the reads, um, the uh, script reads, mm-hmm. uh, you could see like the disgust in some of their faces, like you know what what was happening to their characters, you know, because you, you go from really developed uh, characters to like really dumbed down character or versions of their characters, and uh, well, I think. I think essentially the, the problem happening was that you were kind of going off of an outline versus an actual book. And that's, yeah. and that's hard because it can go either way. Like for instance, when they were filming Scott Pilgrim versus the world, uh, Brian O'Malley, if, mem- if my memory serves correct, he wasn't completely done with the last book in the series. So they had to kind of figure out the ending for that on a unlike his outlines so the, that's why the ending of the book is different than the ending in the movie it's not just typical adaptation to film because as you notice the, the the movie follows the book pretty well but again that that worked out well yeah but game of thrones being such an epic detailed book the first couple of seasons were covered by the book so they were following that outline so it's easy to follow and deviate slightly yeah you know? and well there there was even complete storylines that they they passed up on you know mm-hmm. uh uh with the book the uh um stark's uh mother there she's found in the river in the books uh and then she's like um brought back to life and becomes a powerful character that there they completely ignored but you know to take like king's landing which is you know the city on the coast you know Mm -hmm. uh to turn it into like magically like in a desert or something like that it's like the last season it's not even near water anymore it's like what the hell that's just laziness and and you know the uh the unsullied got completely obliterated uh, the episode before the last, but they magically come back at the end of the show. Leo, 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 Leo. we're going to have yeah. to talk about this another time. We only got so much. I um, know, sorry. No, it's uh, okay. So, um, Doomsday Clock sucks. Okay? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, that's your opinion. Like, to quote the Big Lebowski, that's your opinion, man. Oh, that uh, sucks. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if suck. I feel the word I would use was unnecessary. Um, I, I right? Is that a better way of saying suck? Like yeah. it, it was fine. I mean, you know, it's always good seeing Gary Frank do his amazing artwork, but as yeah, a story, I, I was like, we we didn't need this. It's interesting, you know, but. Did we need the comedian meeting the Joker? Did we need Superman? Oh, okay. It, it did take too long. I will say that. The, all those delays really killed a lot of that momentum. That I will agree with. 
Yeah. Um, what were you going to say, Rich? Sorry, Rich. No, I was thinking of uh, sucks. I didn't realize that Drew was going to parlay off that. I apologize. That's um, all good. I was, did either of you guys get a chance to see the Saints of Newark? Which no. Is how did you? And I, I was, I I was super disappointed. Oh, really? Right there. Uh, some of the actors' character nuances was awesome. I mean, to me, it just felt like a nostalgia rip. The story wasn't that great. It really didn't end. Unless there's a plan to do a series of movies, it, it, it ended like the series ended, just blankly saying nothing. Did the son do well in his in his adaptation of his father as Tony? He did, or? absolutely. And he got, he got amazing facial nuances that his father had. Um, I don't know if he studied it or that's just natural. Um, but you didn't see him until an hour into the movie, and it's a two-hour movie. Oh, uh, they did the Jaws thing. You don't see the shark till then, and then, oh, big deal. Well, well there was a younger, younger version of him. An even younger version of him, which was a different actor. Okay. Yeah, it, it's they, they heavily tried to tie it into, well, obviously, it's a prequel to The Sopranos show, Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, it just felt like there was no direction. It was just a, a movie just to, you know, it didn't really connect the dots. You don't really see how Tony becomes Tony, you know, it, it, it's the story yeah, I mean, for the sake of it versus a story with a point. Exactly. And, and it was great how, you know, some of the, uh, actors really portrayed their younger, uh, selves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's it, they could have done better. Okay, yeah. and then did, the, is anybody... like, the young Tony was was pretty good, and the guy who played uh, young little Stevie, he yes. was also quite brilliant. Okay, now before we get into reviewing the comic, just the last question: Did any are any of you planning to see um, Carnage? Oh, totally. Uh, when it comes out on VOD. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to see it as well. I'm just not in a super rush. Yeah, I I'm basically feeling the same way. Like I didn't rush seeing Venom and I was decently surprised. I mean, again, is it a perfect movie? No. But was it entertaining? Sure. You know. Um, this new one, again, I, I just think it's funny. This my only thing is, you know, you grew up in the nineties when you um, uh, when you know, grew up in the '90s, when you see characters that you were first introduced in, like an animated series, and you hear that voice yep. talk instead of the character, like I'm sorry, the guy who played Cletus Cassidy in the animated series, I I still hear that whenever I would read Carnage, just you know that that maniacal, like just the way he'd say "man" was so creepy. Like I just remember like. <laughs> Yeah, man. I was just like, holy fuck, you're psychotic. <laughs> like, um, I just remember that. And I was just, you know, Woody Harrelson. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, Woody, Woody plays some crazy characters. I mean, listen, if we're going to go that route, I mean, Natural Born Killer is kind that of... That movie. You know, but... That, that might require a rewatch soon. There you go. But, um... Like I like I said, there's more than enough nerd content out there. So, you know, we just got to get our fix, guys, because it's everywhere. So 
Without further ado, Haunted Night. I guess, Leo, am I doing the synopsis? You are good, sir. Okay, let me just pull it up. I had it here, but of course my computer is deciding now that it's showtime, it's time to not work. So give me one, one second. Don't you Shall do we here? entertain the people with a little dance or something while you bring it up? You, if you want to do that or you want to mock me by playing Jeopardy, that's fine. If you do, I will. I, I might hurt you. Please don't. Rich, can you do the song? What do you want me to do? The uh, uh, Jeopardy song. <laughs> I can hear it and I hate it. <laughs> May the spirit of Alex Trebek make you feel dumb when your dreams. <laughs> All right. Is that enough time? Yeah. He, uh, yeah. I, 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 I... Did you guys watch Free Guy? What? Alex Trebek was in that. It was his last filmed role, right? Yeah. Oh, man. He, yeah. Did anyone see Free Guy? I really wanted to. I heard it really good. I watched about 40 minutes of it. It's kind of stupid, somewhat entertaining. Um, I mean, I'm going to get back to it, but yeah. Again, you're not in a rush? I'm not in a rush. Fair enough. Everything's, everything's chill, man. Keeping it all iry. I'm done with you. <laughs> all right, here. I'll just, I'll just use this synopsis here. All right. Yeah. This graphic novel by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, the creative team behind the classic Batman Along Halloween, includes three dark tales of horror and intrigue featuring Batman facing off against his most demented and wicked foes, taking place on the most evil of holidays. Halloween, the Dark Knight detective confronts his deepest fears as he tries to stop the madness and horror created by Scarecrow. The Mad Hatter, the Penguin, Poison Ivy, and the Joker. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> Sorry. You just couldn't I help himself. Felt the dramatic pause there. So, um, so I think the best thing for us to do would be to go by the stories one by one. Um, you know, kind of give a quick review. Maybe say pick out a scene or two we really liked. Explain why. Because again, there's a lot to unpack in each one of them, and I definitely want to get to. I want to get to all three. Um, so I don't know. Like, what? Do, I mean, we. It's pretty easy to move through them all. Uh, what do you guys think? Sound good? Absolutely. All right. Cool. So, who wants to start? How about you, Rich? What's that? Would you like to kick us off, Rich? Wait, wait. Please pause here because this is one of my favorite moments in this whole book. Yeah, the the little uh, all the different costumes, trying to pick them all out. I, the, the one thing that I will say about Tim Sale, which I have always admired throughout my time being a, a fan of his work, is that he really does take the time 
for these wonderful little details. Like if you ever look at like a full page or something, like he really doesn't, it's not just, you know, background. He really takes the time to fill out these little details, which really add such context to the character. I mean, this was awesome. But the thing that always catches my eye, which I will always notice, is that in the corner closest to the door, that's Hobbes from Calvin and Hobbes. Yes. <laughs> and then, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's also um, Milk and Cheese, or, right? That's from Evan Dorkin's book. I don't know that one. That's a, it's an independent press thing. I just know because I know that creator. Um, and then, but, but look at all the detail. I mean, you know, some people would labor, but fantastic. That long Halloween. I remember us talking about that as well then. Mm -hmm. um, what's also funny is I didn't realize this, but there are scenes in this particular comic that actually inspired a Batman movie. Um, Batman Begins. Yes. Fear, which is the one we're reading right now. So if you go back a little, Leo. Um, a little, little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more. Yes. So this scene in particular where Bruce, KK Batman, is interrogating a suspect in the rain upside down, that inspired um, the scene where he's doing that to Flass in Batman Begins, upside down in the rain, asking, right. asking questions. And then later on, um, Dr. Strange's line of Dr. Uh, Dr. Strange, excuse me, <laughs> Scarecrow's line of Dr. Crane is in right now. Would you like to make an appointment? Is also from this comic. So, but I will also say just that, that I feel that Tim Sale does one of my favorite versions of the scarecrow because I think I'm sorry if I met someone dressed like this, Leo, you're moving. You do that thing where you're moving so goddamn fast, I'm, man. I'm Calm sorry. down. <laughs> like, um, scarecrow, like this one, he's terrifying. Like he looks the part. Like I'm sorry if I saw that guy just randomly show up, like that would scare the crap out of me. Like, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm gonna go to the. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that that's it's it's definitely really demented. Yeah, it it it's the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, and it's sure. and it's also sorry, sorry, Rich, go. No, um, and he, it's not a look that you're really familiar with him with, but you still clearly identify him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I also enjoy the lankiness because I feel like it adds that that contortion, almost inhuman look. Like, again, Batman, as we see here, is designed to inspire fear in criminals. But you have Scarecrow who preys on the fear, not just of criminals, but could be of anybody. So in some ways, it's almost like Batman has to literally fight against the thing that makes him something that, made, that he values about himself. So, you know, pretty... I, love, I love the scene here where Batman, you know, the uh, just each punch, you got people losing teeth left and right. Just the uh, guy being tossed out the window here, just like very uh, 
it, it's definitely inhuman the way he's uh he's flying out there well i think also what's good is that sometimes i feel like certain comics wait like they waste so much panels with action shots this is clear concise coordinated the kind of thing that you you really think about batman and it's also interesting because we really have no idea where this story or like all three of them fit within the timeline that tim sale and jeff loeb created for batman so is this during the long halloween is this after before is this uh you know part of is this after dark victory it's really hard to say i want to think it's an early batman because we don't see any robin it's just him and 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 alfred and and he's working with gordon well also the way gordon talks to him like uh he tries to tell him about you know his uh his wife and uh you know then batman like i i think he just leaves or something like that and he's like this is the last time i'm gonna i'm gonna try talking about that or am i mistaken i didn't i don't remember catching that hmm yeah right here uh yeah it's uh barbara once she gets something in her head and batman responds barbara uh the wife look let's just forget it that's the last time i try something like that uh, yeah he was trying to convince him to go to a uh go to a party and we lost rich you lost I mean, me uh, Sorry, we lost Drew. Uh, yeah, so uh, he says, uh, I'm getting to appreciate our uh, your particular talents with the odd ones. Are you all right? Didn't inhale any of that horrible fear gas, did you? I'm just fine, just tired. You could use a break. Um, there's a party at Bruce Wayne's costume thing, you could come dressed as you are. Batman gives him a scowl. It's not what I, not that I want to go. It's Barbara. Once she gets something in her head, Barbara, the wife look, let's just forget it. And that's the last time I'll try something like that. So you can see that, you know, Gordon's trying to, uh, you know, build his relationship with Batman. Sure, sure. And then uh, that last panel on the uh, the lower right there, that, that's sort of the, where you're not feeling Bruce Wayne, you're not feeling that look. Uh, it was later on in the book. Um, yeah, th this one, his Bruce Wayne definitely looked off to me in general. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the rest of the art, you, you know, I definitely appreciate it. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, it's just certain panels just seemed seemed off to me. Yeah. And then there's one Batman where he's just, uh, you know, uh, I'll show you later on where, it, you know, it just looks off. Okay, but you know, it's me being a little too critical. Yeah, but in general, though, the, those two, uh, Sale and Loeb, they they do appear to make a great team. Oh, totally. Yeah, and, and yeah, the story as well is just freaking amazing. So while we wait for uh, Drew, I read that this was supposedly um, going to be a Legends of the Dark Knight storyline. Okay. But they ended up doing a Legends Dark Knight Halloween special, uh, three series, uh, three issues. Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, totally. 
what were your favorite parts of uh, this issue? Um, I really like the Mad Hatter issue, which is the next issue. Uh, that was my favorite of the three for sure. Really? Um, I love the rhyming. Um, I, I thought it was interesting because it's not often that we get uh, that Barbara, uh, who becomes Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, not the mother, the, uh, the daughter in this case, is the niece that he's adopted. Uh, yeah. Her, ta- her, her sort of origins have sort of jumped over the years from being her daughter to being a cousin to being the niece. It, it's always been a little weird. DC reboots. <laughs> uh, this page right here, this really invoked um, the Batman, the animated series. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, the, that was, I thought it was the bats and it turned out to be the crows. Yeah. Right, because he had never uh, done fear. I'm sorry, the scarecrow had never used fear gas on anyone but people before, and now he was trying it on animals to get their reactions and to try to control them or induce them to do things, which uh, which is interesting. And I don't think I've ever read that in another uh, comic book before that he's ever tried to do anything like that. Uh, have you, or am I mistaken? No, no, I, I. I haven't seen that before and it's only you know you would think uh uh crows would be a good subject because uh they're so intelligent i I was not aware that they're super intelligent yeah i'll have to catch up on my crow information (laughs) uh and the uh the scam artist woman that uh the, the the black widow not the Marvel version. Uh, right. Tried right. to do some. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know how that was really necessary to the story. Um, I guess they were just trying to um, say that he, you know, he, he could never really have a social life. I guess that, that's all they were trying to hammer home. Yeah. I really like how it, it went from, you know, yeah, Batman, and then going into Bruce Wayne's life uh, when he's trying to have a normal life, and it just switches to black and white, and you just have little splashes of uh, color. So what did, what did you feel that they were trying to say with that? Ah, oh, geez, you, you asked me to to give some thought into it. I don't. I just liked it. Your interpretation. <laughs> what is the, what's the first thing that snaps to your mind? Why would you think that his his human persona is in black and white versus the rest being color. Uh, because my first instinct is, is that it's incomplete without Batman. You're trying to remove Batman from his life, and it's just it, it, it's uh, yeah, it, it's just his life is missing something without it. So Batman is power, and uh, Bruce Wayne is an empty or an incomplete shell. I, I I would say an incomplete part of the puzzle. You know, yeah. it's uh, you can't have one without the other. Uh, thank What's you for coming back, Drew. 
Can you hear us? My computer died, and then I realized that we're doing this spooky, so it should have some ambiance. Oh, nice. (laughs) Uh, While you were gone, we were talking a little bit about the issue. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Uh, We were just talking about how uh, in the first issue, uh, when the Black Widow is trying to seduce uh, Bruce Wayne, how the issue goes from color to right. black and white. Um, and Rich asked uh, what we thought about the meaning of that. Well, honestly, I think really what it does is, one, uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale are clearly a fan of old of old film, so film noir, film dialogue and such, which Alfred himself does note. And I think it's just the juxtaposition versus the way Batman see and Bruce see the world and then how the world really is. So kind of like how Ms. Madison gets in a part of Bruce's world. So she's a part of that. But then you see the rest of the world. So it's almost like this is the world according to Bruce Wayne and this is the world according to Batman. If that makes sense. So just more um, of making a distinction between the two. Yeah. And it's also an interesting stylistic choice because again, like they're kind of doing what in film noir you see a lot of, like uh, Frank Miller did that in Sin City where it's a black and white, but certain things are color. So as in to stand out more, more like notice in this sequence, you see rose is red. But it's right. Um, Got it. That makes sense. And I like is that this is again another case where you see to how Wayne behaved with Andrea Beaumont in Mask of the Phantasm. You get this idea that Bruce has a chance for happiness and that he wants to believe in it. He wants to believe that Batman is, is a choice, not a destiny. And then you find out yet again it's 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 not. And, you know, that in itself, this thing is about fears. So you get the idea that Bruce's fear is being afraid to living up to the leg to the to his parents to rid Gotham of the evil that took their lives. Um, also, I just want to point out that um, scarecrow gassed crows are a wonderfully scary weapon. Um, and just fucking terrifying especially fans of the birds will love that uh, but i think the creepiest thing about the scarecrow is the nurse thing i'm sorry if i i met someone dressed like him spouting nursery rhymes or old songs like i mean it's him and then later on we'll discuss the mad hatter i mean geez it kind of reminds me do you remember that that moment in long halloween where it's scarecrow and hatter and they're having a conversation but it's the mad hatter talking in in i right. call it uh uh yeah yeah talking in lewis carolese and not only does the scarecrow understand him but he actually responds so it's like crazy recognize crazy so um Uh, no, this is this one. And again, 
like film like you know i feel like we could literally pick apart like classic films or things whatnot from just this one alone it's great like to me the maze this reminded me of um the giant maze from the shining mm, right and he couldn't get so, through the yeah, that was pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah but you know, again, I also like is that you have Alfred doing police work. Again, it's not just Bruce. Like, you got to remember that, that while Bruce Wayne trained his mom, Alfred is still his, at all intents purposes, both his mother and his father in a surrogate sense. And it's just crazy. But for me, one of the other creepiest moments is if we flip forward, Leo, the wedding. Right. He dreams so, of the, the, the Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, probably one the one of the more disturbing things we see here. The because just a little bit more. It's the the one where you got not back just a little bit. Well, yes, this um, this one more, Leo. Zoop. Just, uh, am I going the wrong way? Yeah, wedding. Yeah, there's a wedding. Look, God, how you drawn that is. You know, it's just. Like, like throw of the Batman. The scarecrow gets the one up on Gordon. It was beautiful. Um, but it's just this whole the thing that I love about how Tim Sale and 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 Jeff Loeb. I like how I'm saying the artist first. You know, it's just interesting. Um, both of them, everything moves so effortlessly. Like sometimes when you're reading a book, I feel it, it takes a while. You know, you, yeah, it just, you get caught up. It's, it's It just takes you a while because you got to digest. Like this is thoughtful, but still very, very provocative. You know, there's a lot going on here, but I feel like anybody could read these stories and completely understand the context, regardless if you've ever read a Batman comic which I think is great. And I think the reason for that is because Jeff Loeb is known for being very heavy into um, internal narration through thought boxes, speech bubbles and whatnot, because it lets the readers know what the, the, the characters are thinking. Yeah. I definitely noticed uh, the, the torn notes uh, very similar to uh, long Halloween. Yeah. You know, but it works. Oh, it works really well. And it does. And then what I also enjoyed is that, like, at the end, after Scarecrow is stopped, um, which is a great big confrontation, and um, this also, I mean, how cool is that? Yet again, one of the one of the many times the bat signal has been repurposed to signal the Batman. 
and apparently the uh, jack-o'-lantern um, remodel of the uh, the bat signal was used in uh, two of Arkham the Knights. Batman video games. Yeah, I believe Arkham Knights was one of them. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, this is great. And then you have the big fight at the clock tower. You know, you got the bat wing and whatnot. Um, that whole that whole final confrontation. And just like I, I here's the funny thing is like Scarecrow is not a very strong person. He's very frail and whatnot. You gotta give credit. This man takes a beating. Like, holy cow. You know, Batman is clearly stronger, bigger, and faster than him, but all these years he just keeps taking that beating. Well apparently he could run because he's evaded Batman through this whole comic. Yeah, true story. <laughs> Uh, also, you know, you can feel Batman's frustration and at the end, he just wants to end it like right here and now, you know, and, and definitely could feel the punches. And it's very similar to uh, the next storyline when he goes after the penguin as well. You uh, know, you, I think you mean the Mad Hatter. I thought, oh, the third, third one had the penguin, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but, okay. yep. so the thing that I love about this one is that is that you had this idea that that Bruce didn't realize who Miss Madison was, you know, and Alfred brings up the idea that that he, that Batman didn't make the error, but it was actually Bruce Wayne. So you have this this idea that they are two separate people, which has been a very much contested point because you know again people are like is Bruce Wayne crazy, you know because he sometimes often refers to himself and Batman as two different people, almost to the point where they're literally different, almost personalities, which some people are like, I see as crazy as the people he brings in. Exactly. Um, but for me, I felt that this one, if someone adapted this into a short film, I would 100% watch it. And it's short enough. I feel like if you kept pretty accurate to the story, like this ending, especially talk about what a great cliffhanger. Because you got now, that question: Does this woman know that? Does does she know? Does she not just know who she almost married, but that somebody knows her secret? You know what I mean? What do you guys think? I didn't take it as she knew. I mean, you figure, you know, she was with Bruce for so long that she must have had some some hint that he was Batman. I don't know. What what, what do you think, uh, Velvet Joker? I didn't. I didn't think she did. I, I thought she was totally oblivious to the fact. Um, well, no. What I, like what I mean is that she realizes that then and there. Oh, because of the symbol, you think? Mm-hmm. Or just that he, she was in Gotham and he was on to her. I, I, I don't yeah. know. Maybe. I guess but it's just played. such a good ending. Now, when you said you wanted to see it animated, Drew, just this particular aspect of the story or all three together? 
I think just this particular aspect, I think can make a really good short story because it's, it's very compact. It's got the multiple storylines. It's beautiful. Like even if their animation style follows a 10th of this, you know, and I just, I think I, what I like is it's got that, this one, I think out of all three really has that film noir angle to it that I think really works with Batman's aesthetic. You know, yeah, I I could see though it pairing with the second one. Yeah, yeah. I could see that, like a double feature kind of deal. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could see that if it was like an anthology kind of movie, one hundred percent. Yeah, but I just think it again in in terms of this, in terms of the stories we were about to we're reading, this that one I think is the most noir. Like this one that we're about to read madness, I think is the most sentimental. So let's get to it. Certainly. But I will say that there, there is something in this that was a little confusing to me. And I was trying to figure this out and I want to, is Jim Gordon her dad or her uncle? Or are, is she adopted? This, I'm really confused. I've been always one, confused. In this one, Drew, she is the niece. He adopted okay, her. She's and... the niece. Okay. Yeah, we, we were talking about that when you had dropped out. I thought that it was particularly okay. interesting because she has such a, a weird history, depending on who's writing it and reboots and of things mm -hmm. of that nature. Okay, thank you for that clarity because that's always bugged me ever since reading. I was a little confused. Um, and I will admit this, it's been a long time since I've I've read Alice in Wonderland, but again, I don't feel like you need to be well equipped to to it whatnot. And just like the scarecrow, you have this character that's so wrapped in their delusion that they're literally quoting the book. Which some people could argue, okay, that's lazy writing. I was like, no, but it works for the character. Like, Jervis well, Tetch is so entombed in his character that he literally believes he's the Mad Hatter. Not only that, it is when he sees the queen, you know, his, his look of fear. And then he immediately jumps right to, okay, well, what would she do? Off with his head. And then look, he's lit, like, he was prepared to literally slice Batman's head off. If he could, you know, and I think it's also nice. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think it's also nice seeing Barbara Gordon as not Batgirl. Like it's good to remind that there was a time in her life when she wasn't Oracle or the Batgirl. You know, right? Like I feel like sometimes a lot of stories don't focus on the fact that Jim Gordon was a dad. He wasn't a great dad, but he was a dad. You know. Well, he that's he did he did raise a little story. Up oh, was that rich? And I said that very much encircles upon the importance of this uh, this story, the empathy of the story. Yes, him being a dad. But I was gonna say he raised a little serial killer. He did, James Gordon Jr. Yeah. But the thing that I especially enjoy about this is, I think. And I, I actually might pitch this as an idea. I think that this story makes um, 
the Mad Hatter, one of kind of Bruce's more personal foes. Because, yeah, he's got his animosity with a certain clown. Uh, you know, but I think because of the sentimental connection to his mother with Alice in Wonderland, and then he said it himself, that that Jervis perverts one of the few good things that he remembers from his mom. Uh, I think that is just, like, again, it's, it's a small detail, but it's so crucial. <gasps> Excuse me, crucial to the story. Now, Drew, you being the uh, probably more bibliotech of the three of us, of uh-huh. knowing backwards and forths all these storylines, mm-hmm. um, has that ever been mentioned before, that that book had some kind of history or connection to his mother, or is this the no. first we're seeing this kind of... I, I think it was break. only in this story, to be quite honest, Rich. Um, okay, so and we doesn't really stop, have a history. Stop right there, Leo. I stopped. I stopped. It's like he's trying to read. I was like, he's trying to read with us, Rich, as we're talking. Like, if you didn't read the book, man, that's your fault. We had three days. Yeah, I, I read the book. I read okay, the, cool. I read all three. But, uh, Rich, this is the first time I really remember reading about this, and I don't really recall it ever being brought up. I mean, we've talked about those goddamn pearls around Martha's neck so much. Like, I'm so tired of watching them fall. I got to be honest with you. I'm so tired of it. I concur 1,000%. Um, what I also like is this is like, again, such a, and this is this is the grasp and love that Bruce, um, that Jeff and Tim have for the character. This one little moment makes the detail even more devastating, that the pearls was Bruce's idea. Right. You know? Considering what we know, seeing that flashback, you realize it's so much more devastating because it it adds to Bruce's fault. You know, right. his, his his guilt. Now, was it was it in the Long Halloween? I'm not sure if it was another one we have recently, more recently read, where it was also um, Bruce got scared or freaked out and he needed to leave the movie early, and then of course they died. So again, adding more sorrow in his, or guilt. Um, I think what you're referring to there, there's two things I think you're referring to. The one is in long Halloween, Bruce gets dosed with the fear gas, freaks out, runs from the cops, ends up like crying in front of his parents' grave, remembering everything. Mm. And then there's also uh, Batman earth one. You had that Bruce run out of the theater get stopped by a random mugger, and then the parents catch up. Right, right, right. That was it. Yeah. So I think that's what you were talking about. Right. And again, so it seems like the the writers just keep wanting to bury that guilt issue with him. Mm-hmm. Instead of just it being a random coincidence. Right. Um, but yeah, this, this was... And again, the flashback is done in a quick way that... You add something new to it, but then you, of course, like, look at that. You don't need to see Martha and and Thomas get shot. We already know. You know, those four, one, two, three, four, five, five little panels, done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, you do see, you know, uh, which is something you never see, you know, Bruce Wayne with the biggest smile. Oh, yeah. Right, and his is probably his last smile. 
Yep. So then we fast forward a little bit. And then we have Barbara Gordon, Teen Rebel, and probably one of the goofiest, like, attackers. And I, I want to say could be possible sexual assaultists. And then just scared away by a simple gunshot. But then again, it is Gotham. So, you know. Um, that, I'm sorry, that has always been one of my favorite um, Mad Hatter Gotham images. I remember seeing it in my Batman guide like ages ago. And it's always stuck in me because it's just like, I feel like it really captures the gentlemanly aspect, but also the sinisternism of the Hatter. Absolutely. You know, his commitment to his madness. That's couldn't have had put it better myself, Rich. Um, and then you also give credit to Tim Sale, like the use, his use of space is just phenomenal. I mean, just look at this page here. You got Batman literally walking a spiral into his own sanity. And it's just, again, the, the entire page moves with it. You know, stylistically, it's great. And then we meet, um, again, continuing the spooking, it's like, oh my God, what is the ghost of of Martha Wayne doing there? But then we meet the other surrogate parent in Bruce's life. Oh, uh, right. Leslie Tompkins. But what a horrible, that is the worst tea party I've ever seen. You also got to give credit to Barbara. Like, just I, I just don't like tea. And I'm just like, this is the wrong place to say that. Have some tea, kid. He don't like it when we don't drink the tea. Right? Oh, no, she doesn't like the tea. And then he just spazzes hardcore. You know, he's like, I'll just get some more tea. And I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I think the party's over. Long. Yeah, look at him. He just loses it. And then you just, oh. uh, trick or treaters, uh, some trick or not fun treaters, and then the March Hare. You're like, what? Um, but yeah, then this 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 stuff with Leslie, you know, was just great because, and I feel like the animated show really did capture a lot of what is basically here. That in some ways. Leslie Tompkins and Alfred were Bruce's surrogate parents after his, his parents died, mm -hmm. you know, and this is that. And he tries to, you know, he tries to go back to the story and he can't because it reminds him too much of his mother. He's still hurting. Um, and then you have like, it's funny because I feel like the Leslie that I remember from the animated series was a little bit more spunky this one to me felt a little more Aunt May-ish. Okay. I, I can see that, yeah. You mm -hmm. know. But you know, like this moment here, like he's so stoic, but it's just the content, like Dr. Tom Leslie Tompkins, thank you, you know, for basically thanking her for everything she did for him. You know, not just fixing him up now, but just everything. Right. 
And uh, Rich, this is the Batman issue, the image I was talking about that just seemed a little off. Like his 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 head doesn't really match the body. That's a little small, a little small. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I can kind of see what you're saying. It's almost like he started drawing it and then realized the proportions were off, but it's already he was already in, so it's like, all right, I'm just gonna commit. Like maybe he was hoping the forced negative space in the background might fit it, kind of fill it out a little bit. But whatever. Moving on to the worst party ever. Sorry, I'm being nitpicky. No, but the one thing is what I do love is I love these little mini stories that that Jeff Loeb tells in between things. Like this thing about the house. And the two brothers, like, I thought that was like, oh, my God, I would totally read that comic. Like, the same thing with um, when they were talking about the maze. I was like, oh, my God, like, it's a little morose, but God, I would totally read that. Especially I love how at the end he's like, they killed the kid. and I made sure those bastards went to the electric chair. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, money won't save you now. Um. Bend his brothers a little bit. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that animated series episode, The Terrible Trio. Remember a bunch of rich guys wearing those masks, robbing for just shits and giggles? And at the end, the guy tries bribing Batman to let him go. And he's like, I'm going to get rich. I'm rich. I got all these things in my pocket. I'll be out next week. And ends up in jail. And I'm like, yep. Um. I will say this, though, in terms of this story, this moment here with the kid who's the Cheshire cat is, oh, my God, I, I've always loved that. Because it, I feel like it not only captures the spirit of the book, but also it just fits Batman perfectly. Which the mask doesn't help. Yeah. And and how he, he signals them, uh, shh. How do you know I'm crazy? You <laughs> And he just doesn't say anything. It's like, shit. <laughs> That's that Batman face of, shit, I'm being called out. Um, yeah, I love that interaction. Yeah, right? Um, you, can, you can, Leo, you can keep flipping. It's fine. Just just I'm, a little I'm slower. Going, I, I hit the wrong button, as always. He totally would have killed Barbara if if the... If her dad hadn't just literally jumped in to to stop it, I totally got that as well. Yeah, in this case, Batman could couldn't save her. Only Jim could have. Yeah, yeah. Well, he even says it. Uh, Bat uh, Batman saying, uh, you know, every scenario I think of winds up in Gordon's daughter hurt, or and then Gordon crashes through the whole day. Yep. And then what I also love is that you get an idea of why why batman terrifies jervis so much because when you flip to the the next one when he's pursuing him he sees him in the mirror i think he literally that i i think that might be either in the moment or it might be an idea i think he literally thinks bruce is like uh the 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 jabberwocky yeah which i don't again it's been a long time since i read the book the Jabberwocky, like some sort of monster in Wonderland, yeah. like a demon or something. I don't remember. Uh, 
again, I've, I probably haven't read it in longer than you have. Um, <laughs> Rich, I know it wasn't in stores when you were a teenager. Okay. I've heard those stories. I'm just, just... <laughs> I mean, it was, but yeah, <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't a hundred percent recall, but I, I do remember that being a, a villain of the story. You got to also enjoy how Bruce did uh pulled a when he he basically did the barber what he does to his dad every night. And he's just like, yeah, he does that a lot. And and again, it's like I said before, I think this one is the more sentimental of the ending because you know, it's just you finally the villain's put away, the girl got saved, she's reunited with her family. And then Bruce goes back, but instead of doing something, he actually chooses to not let Hatter win. He's like, you can't take this memory of my mother. Like, only I can, and I choose to do something with it. And he just sits and, you know, decides he's going to read Alice in Wonderland, which now I want to do on a rainy day. So, Absolutely. let you know how that goes. And uh, it, I really thought that was beautiful too at the end with him and with uh, Jim Gordon and his niece slash daughter, um, yeah. because she was like you said a rebel in the beginning, and he kept warning her. Gotham's like now the other cities, and sure enough, she goes out, gets in trouble, and she now sees the wisdom of his ways, and that she is hopefully going to be a good girl at least for the moment. Yep, don't go to Gotham. Don't go trick or treating Gotham, kids. You might get kept, kidnapped by a psychotic, somewhat supervillain. <laughs> uh, I have to admit, I've never read Alice in Wonderland, but when I was really young, I was taken to uh, a rendition of it. The Disney and, uh, version? Actually, uh, no, no, it was. Uh, it was weird. It was. Um, and, have you read? Uh, Leo, I have to tell you, it's no, a weird no, no, movie. no, 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 weird because I remember it was uh, Liberace was there. It was like a musical. Dear God, I, I have vague memories of it. I remember the Cheshire Cat. I remember Liberace. Uh, I remember uh, we had to drive a long way, and my aunt's car didn't have uh, AC. Uh, I was really young at the time. I had to be. Did you get uh, high from the fumes? I the might heat? have. Yeah, I might have. It, yeah, because that sounds like a fever dream, which is yeah. actually pretty appropriate for <laughs> Alice in Wonderland because Lewis Carroll, I'm pretty sure, is writing it on some sort of influence because it's it's out there. Yeah, it's it is the ether. But but this isn't about you know drugs are bad, kids. Um. So, so the last story, ghosts. Yes, and we talked a little bit about this. Yeah, we did. Um, Which is then more or less encompassing the classic uh, three ghosts visiting on Christmas, but in this mm -hmm. case, it's three ghosts visiting on Halloween. Which I'm pretty sure I know a couple of people who would be fine with the three ghosts of Halloween pasts present and future versus the three ghosts of Christmas because oh. some Halloween enthusiasts are mighty against the other holiday, but yet love Nightmare Before Christmas. So I was like, well, you got to have something that everybody loves. Um, I got to be honest with you. I always find it amusing the way Tim Sale draws the penguin. Yes. Because he commits to it and it, it 
always, I don't know if weirds me out or fascinates me because whenever I'm reading it, I always just feel like I have to say the wah out loud. Just, 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 I don't know why. It just, for some reason, it just fits. <laughs> Nod to the 66? Uh, maybe, maybe some, some Burgess Meredith in there. But, like, I just feel like they really capture the snob, the, the snob knobbery of this, this wannabe nouveau riche criminal. Like, he really does think he's so freaking sophisticated. You know? I just think it's so funny. Especially the whole thing, and he's riding on a jetpack. So then he's like, well, this penguin actually can fly. And I'm like, I can't. If, if, <laughs> it was like, if this penguin has a penguin. And doesn't on the, uh, in the beginning of the party, he's he's complaining about Bruce Wayne's food? Yeah. He complained. Yeah. Liverwurst, liverwurst, chicken, and liverwurst. How disappointing. And even, and even Alfred day. calls that out too later on, if I'm correct. He's like, were they showing that the, that the disgusting liverwurst platter everyone's getting into these days? I was like, oh my God. Sassy Alfred. Gotta love him. Maybe uh, uh, Jeff Loeb just doesn't like liverwurst. Apparently. But... This, but you know, the thing that's nice about this is that it, it was a little quick and direct. But I'm sorry, I feel like the penguin. If you wasted a whole issue taking down the penguin, I mean, you got to give him some good motivation, some good plan. Because yeah, he's very much a. We're gonna give him about four pages, and then he's caught. You know, yet again, just hanging, hanging by a by a batarang, by a um, a bat rope. Just such an idiot. Like the look at penguin that. flies. Yep. Mason I love those trick or treat shark teeth he's got. What was that, Rich? I love the little shark teeth they give him. The penguin. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. I also do like this one. I, I gotta be honest with you. As much as I still think that this is the 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 so so story. All of the pen, all of the penguins, all of the pumpkins in this issue. I just uh, such good again attention to detail, but so good. Yep. See, they just <laughs> so good. do it again. Do it again. All right, one more time. One more time for all of you listening. Wow. <laughs> Or if you want to do like version of wah, 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 wah. Hey, I'm a penguin. Wah. Yeah. All right, stop that Batman. All right, moving on. Yeah. Um oh yeah, and uh so yeah, you find out he had shrimp instead of the liver wasp. So what I'm hearing is that that the way to take out Batman is to get him food poisoning. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. The first ghost is, of course, his father. Yep. Who is warning him of the chains of his life that he has put on himself. Mm-hmm. 
by not yeah. focusing on what really mattered, which was the key family. But instead, he focused more on the doctor. And he says, oh, you know, and it's funny because when I was reading this, I was thinking about my favorite version of the, the Christmas Carol. And while there are many really good live action, it's hands down Muppets. Like, um, all due really? not Not Scrooged? You know what? No. I've always loved the Muppets Christmas Carol, hands down. No more wrong. Scrooge, I did enjoy, you know, because it combines Bill Murray and Richard Donner. You know, can't complain there. But no, it's the Muppet Christmas Carol. Hands, I watch it every year, you know. Um, well, especially because you made the hecklers, Jacob and Robert Marley. I mean, how, how much better can that be? <laughs> you know, um, you're just bringing off all this Muppet stuff today. I'm gonna have to uh, explore some Muppet stuff this week. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just I'm 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 very animated. I can't help it, Rich. You gotta get you your hands in. What's what's that line from the Christmas Carol? Uh, this is the part of the night where we make a speech. Oh, this is the part of the night where we take a nap. <laughs> um, awesome. I just, you know, the whole thing I enjoy the story that Batman keeps trying to rationalize that this is all a dream, that he's under Ivy's spell, that he's, you know, been gassed or, you know. Right. Lip poisoned. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, uh, I don't know which one. I, I thought the this, the past was so much more devastating. Like, again, we don't really see Bruce as a kid, but. Again, the little details. Of course he would be dressed as Zorro, considering the movie he sees, that fateful. Yeah. You know? I, I didn't like the two. What happened? I, I, I didn't like that. Yeah. And then and then I just love that that idea that that Bruce, just like Scrooge would do to himself, he's trying to talk to his younger self. And and I was like, he can't hear you. But he's like, you know. Uh, that how they met how because you always wonder how the hell does he meet Lucius Fox and I think this one made the most sense the origin of Lucius Fox meeting him early in his training mm -hmm. I don't know. yeah and he, he uh that's also where he picks up the uh the medallion yeah it's where we first noticed. Well, the second time we noticed the medallion. Yeah, we understand why. Um, and that's kind of similar. I mean, it's not, but it's a little similar to the outfit Bruce wears when he first does his first crime fighting in Mask of the Phantasm, and kind of similar to his one of his first outings as Batman and Begins. Well, also, uh, what is it? Um, year one, right? Yeah. Yeah. When he dresses up as uh, the homeless man, has the uh, the scar and everything, yeah. the vet. Yep. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. And he talks about how he was young and impetuous. Yeah. And he wouldn't be like that now. But he would. This is this whole like the scene we're about to see is still one of my favorites in this book, just because again the background detail is fantastic. 
Yeah, I love this shot too. Like, look at that. Evil jack-o'-lanterns all around, just placed perfectly. Yep, and then you got Alfred tied up with a with a above the fire with an apple in his mouth. Like, like I'm sorry, I'm just imagine Rich has made that his like screensaver for Halloween. I am or, now. That, I mean, I feel like that. I'm not gonna lie to you, Rich. That would be like the best cover photo for your Facebook. Come I want to. I want to do that whole shot. I want to recreate that right now. Hell yeah! Right. Look at that. It's beautiful. Yeah, That's but you, you look at the Joker's face, and you can see Rich in there. You know, it's just. Uh, I think you know the moment I see that that that's most rich is the little wayward. Because <laughs> again, Leo, you know, you've probably been like me. You've heard Rich oh, yeah. cackle and howl at a con, but to me. Because we've done the show so much, like I was like, no, no, that's that's rich at the show. <laughs> that little, <laughs> that's rich in real life. That just that that little extra, huh. period. Yeah, you, you're gonna re, you, you're gonna recreate that shot for Halloween. Now, I'd like to. That's a pretty hot ass shot. Yeah. Right. I, I I never saw it until I read this book, and I was just looking at it for like ten minutes. I, I kept like. I think I finished the story and then I went back to it. I was like, wow, that is that is an evil shot. Right? I love it's it. just beautiful. And the Alfred with the apple in his mouth is just super classic. Yep. It feels very holiday. <laughs> he tries to take a swing at him. He's like, you're really having trouble with this whole thing. Like, I'm not, I'm a ghost. And now I'm even wondering, was was has there been another version of that, like a Christmas version where the Joker's on the throne? No, are you thinking of in Long Halloween when he's on Christmas when he threatens Falcone and then he does the airplane? And again, that's that's Loeb and Sale again. They're they're recreating. Well, they, or, they, or they're doing the same tropes again and again. Yeah, exactly. Because in that one, he was the Joker. It was the Joker robbing a family of all their Christmas presents and quoting right. the Grinch, and then beating up Harvey Dent in his home on Christmas, still quoting mm -hmm. the Grinch, saying, if you were, if you're holiday, I'm going to come for you, Harvey. And right, right. Him. I think they, they recreated that in the animated too, as well. Mm -hmm. And then you gotta love this idea that Bruce is literally so scary because he's so heavily invested in Batman that he is, he scares children, you know? And it's funny because that reminded me of I don't know if you guys ever read The New Frontier by Darwin Cook, like the actual book. There's a moment where Batman ends up saving some children from a cult and his his appearance scares the kid. Mm -hmm. And later on in the book, you find out like his ears are shorter and he's a little less gruesome looking. And someone asks, like, why'd you change? He said, I, I'm, I'm supposed to scare criminals, not kids. And... Right. Uh, it was interesting seeing that kind of referenced here again. You know, that Bruce has become the, the haunted house of his neighborhood. So. I, yeah. I will admit, it was an interesting touch for the ghost of Christmas. Okay, I, Halloween, uh, whatever. The ghost of future. <laughs> also, one, one more ghost to go, Bat Boob. 
Like, it's funny because you can, like, I don't know if you guys, but there are certain moments in this I heard Hamill talking, especially like, (laughs) one more ghost to go, bat boob. You know, I don't know. That's just me. You do that way too well. I, Rich has yelled at me over it. No, no, no. I please, you can't give me enough Hamill. Hamill is like my god. No, I, 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 I don't know if Rich was the one who. I, I know somebody. I don't want to say gave me shit, but like gave me a. It takes. It's taken people years to do what you learn to do in a summer, and I was like, I'm sorry. I feel like it was Rich, but it was stiff. It was, just, it was a Joker I know, but I don't know if it was Rich because there's some Jokers I know that I no longer respect. And I actually still respect Rich. So it, it could have been him in a backhanded compliment kind of way. He is capable of those, Leo. Oh, I know I I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, I can't think of his name. He's long hair, he's a New York uh, Comic Con guy. No, no, yeah. I'll hit you up. I'll hit yeah. you up later. It's not important yeah, to yeah. that. But that's that's never story. But yeah, the fact that the ghost reveals himself to be Batman, I was like, wow, that's an interesting twist. That's uh, not the first time we've seen a uh, skull with the uh, the bat cowl. No, I just don't no. remember where. But I know, I know I've seen that too. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a uh, really eerie image. Yeah, unless I'm the one doing it to him, it's just not happening. And then I, I, I just enjoy like the end is basically the end of the Christmas Carol. You know, he's got that revived spirit, and you know the ghosts they did it in one night. It was all one night. It's still Halloween, and it's just like I'm done. Right, he's gonna make everything right. Makes the deal with Lucius. Brings the candy Put, to the kids. Puts he's on gonna a buy shirt. the biggest turkey. Puts on a shirt. Man does it the whole goddamn time. You sir, you sir, what day is it today? It's good, sir. It's Halloween. Halloween. Oh, I haven't missed it. <laughs> Buy all the candy in the store. Milky Way for everyone. Not the fun size either. <laughs> but the full bar, the full bars. Yes, the full bars, boy. And here, at the end, God bless us. Diabetes, everyone. Alfred, run to Whole Foods quick. <laughs> oh, here's um, a shilling for you. Oh my God, stop. So, you know, it's fun. It's very fun. Yeah. It's silly and fun. It is. Like I just said, like, I'm sorry. It's just compared to the other two, this one is, I don't want to say it's a weak ending, but it's just, it's a little less. But I think it's because they're essentially adapting. The Christmas Carol, that's what kind of holds it back. Right. You know, but again, entertaining, great. I mean, honestly, I got to admit, perfect for this season. You know? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when they do in comics a holiday-themed, it it falls flat and it's forced. And this one's not that at all. I, You know Rich, I do agree with you, and I will say that in the 90s, they did some really great holiday specials, which come come Christmas time, 
we are going to have a field day reviewing because there's nice. one anthology that I can't wait for y'all to talk about because, oh, there's some good moments. <laughs> Great. Can't wait. Well, we definitely need to find another spooky book to cover for next week. I gave you uh, three. You did. I did. I gave I gave you this one. I gave you Ashes to Ashes, which was Hellboy, the Army of Darkness. Rocky. And then I also gave Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Okay. You know. Well, let's do Freddy the, versus. What? Let's do the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. I, I, I vote for that one. I right, listen gladly it's i've been writing about it for screen rant and they approached me and they were like oh we have this idea for two articles in there do you want to do them i'm like um uh yes uh can i to quote for hell yes like yes please let let's let's do it let's get let let's you know what, rich to quote you let's get jack nicholson nuts let's get nuts <laughs> you know Say hello to my writing stick. Yeah. yeah so I, I give this score four crowbars. Four solid. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree to that. It's not perfect, but it's still really good. Yeah. I, I'm glad you chose it. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to follow suit four crowbars as well. The, uh, you know, I would have gave it a little higher, but yeah, definitely uh, for some reason the art was off a little for me. And, and it wasn't too much, but it was. Uh, you know, just uh, still thoroughly enjoyable. Well, I think what it is, it's also, you have to remember it was still early. You know, this was the first collaboration. These are one of the first Catholic words. This is among one of the first collaborations that we really saw Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale do. You know, like they did, they did this. And in the foreword for the book, if you read that, Archie Goodwin, uh, R.I.P., uh, is talking about them working on the long Halloween. So these sold oh, yeah. so well that you know you had that, which is awesome because we all know how big the long Halloween became. Um, and on on I will say this on a side note, you guys really should read Dark Victory. It's not on the same level as Long Halloween, but it's still a really good read, yeah, especially if you're a Robin fan. Definitely on my list to read. But um, and then at some point, I would love for us to cover some of the Marvel color series, you know, uh, which was more Jeff Loeb and 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 Tim Sale. So that was um, Hulk Gray, Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue, Captain America White. They're all great. Sounds good. Was there any um? Because we we're, we've been he leaning heavy toward DC. Was there any? truly classic like marvel whether that was blade or something that did like a great halloween series i mean blade like marvel wasn't afraid of doing horror because like you said you blade is one character man thing ghost rider mm -hmm. um you know they have that villain jack-o-lantern you know Big old pumpkin head flaming. Um, no, they're not afraid of doing that, but I don't really remember a Halloween special. Although I do remember Marvel Zombies technically did do a Halloween special, which was cute, creepy, odd ending, but cute. 
I mean, you can't beat a little a little kid dressing up in costume, going trying to go trick or treating during a zombie apocalypse. I mean, it's adorable in a twisted kind of way. Um, There's a Avengers Halloween special volume one. There you go. It says it's the first appearance of Matt Murdock. Who? Matt Murdock. Oh, first appearance, okay. of, first appearance of Kingpin. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll dig it out. Okay. This can't yeah. be right because it says it's also the first appearance of Doctor Doom. This can't be right. That can't be right. No. It's yeah. like everything's first appearance. Nah, that can't be right. I I declare erroneous. Erroneous on all the guard, regards. But you can't believe everything you read, kids, on the you internet. Can't. You can't. But you can believe everything we're talking about. Four crowbars for this book. Definitely read. It's a nice little Halloween thing. So make yourself cider or cocoa or even if you want pumpkin spice. And uh, put on a spooky playlist. There we go. Uh, and I got a link to the book, uh, the graphic novel, and the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching or listening. And uh, Drew, where do you like people interacting with you? Oh, um, so, oh, okay, hold on a second. Is it warm? One second. I got this. Uh, so me, um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram, GhostbusterMan1984, Dramal on Facebook. I'm also working, I'm a writer for Screen Rant, so you can look me up, find articles I'm working on. I'm working on a bunch of projects here, uh, working with Chris on his spectacular Spider-Man Salabashima podcast and on his project. And whatever I'm doing, I'm tired. So if you reach out, it might take me a bit, but I'll get back to you. Sounds good. Velvet Jugger. All right. Well, you can find me on Facebook as Rich Davis. Uh, Instagram, Velvet Joker 2021. And you can find me here every Tuesday night on the Splash pages. Cool beans. And uh, for me, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. But more importantly, follow these awesome people. I got all, all the information in the show notes. I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. Just about 40 shows on the network. A lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. And uh, with that, uh, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Oh, see you next week. <laughs>